peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good remember having a conversation this was some years ago about church history and different things we know about the early church different things we don't know and I was having a, a conversation with a friend of mine and he brought up something that was actually very good I mean it was simple it wasn't anything groundbreaking but I thought to myself yes this is actually correct we have the book of acts when we think about the early church, we always go back to people that came after the book of Acts. And I get it. I get it. We want some archaeological findings to add that extra cherry on top. But if we believe the Bible, we already have that extra cherry on top. And that is the book of Acts. So... I said, you know what? I don't know if I've ever did a study through the entire book of Acts. So I'm going to do that. The book of Acts, if you don't know, was written by Luke. And it was written to Theophilus. And I believe from the opening statement in the book of Acts, the gospel of Luke was also written to Theophilus. I'm, I'm thankful to God for the way all these things came together. And to further add, we, like, there's so many manuscripts. If you ever want to do a very interesting study, if you haven't already, do it doesn't even have to be anything deep. Do a small study into the formation of Scripture. Now, I'm not talking about this is going this is going to offend some and I realize it. But hear me out. I'm not talking about the Council of Nicaea and any of that. Like it, this stuff is part of history. But look, the Bible was a thing before that council. And, and that's something that if you actually do, like I said, a little bit of research, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You'll realize that. Like, I'm, I'm not saying some good things didn't come out of the Council of Nicaea. But really and truly, it wasn't necessary. God's word is inspired and preserved. And we have the earliest recorded history of the early church from eyewitnesses. I listened to a, a, a video. This was two days ago. There's a book called Evidence Demands a Verdict. Forgive me, because as a matter of fact, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to look up the author's name right now. What's funny is I actually follow his son on YouTube and I didn't realize that him and his son wrote this book and I was very shocked. And the book is, I'm sure you heard me just say it, Evidence Demands a Verdict. 
Uh, let me look. Let me find the author. Uh, Josh McDowell and Sean McDowell. And I listened to, I, I believe Josh McDowell is, hold on, let me look. I, I got I to gotta look again. I want to make sure I'm not telling you wrong. I believe Josh McDowell is, might be the senior. Let me see if I can ever learn how to spell. See, this is what happens when you do stuff on the fly while recording stuff that you didn't intend on doing. Yes, Josh McDowell is father. I follow his son on YouTube, Sean McDowell. Anyway, he talks about the different things he went through pretty much to try to disprove the Bible. And in the end, he professed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. A story that you've heard before. There was a news reporter did the same thing. His wife got saved, I want to say, in the late 70s. And he set out to disprove the Gospels. And in the end, he professed faith in Christ. And the reason, okay, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent. The reason is, if you approach this with an honest heart, like, an, like you, I really want to know what is the truth. You're not capping. You're not going out there just saying, I want to know what the truth is, but you really don't care. You just want to prove your own self right. If you if you set out and you're like, no, I want to know the truth. I believe God will reveal the truth to you. And both of these men, after looking at all of the evidence, came to the conclusion that we can trust what we read in the scripture. It is accurate. So again, I said all that to say we have the earliest, the earliest documented history of the early church from eyewitnesses, from the people themselves. So I don't need anyone else. I don't need any other archaeological find. It would be it would be nice to have other, you know, archaeological finds. That would be dope. But I don't need that. I have the scripture and it tells me everything I need to know about the early church. So this was part of the inspiration of me wanting to go through the book of Acts. So I know that was a very long intro. Without further ado, the book of Acts chapter one. Let's get into this. Okay, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. And that word treaties means a tract, a written composition on a particular subject in which the principles of it are discussed or explained. So I believe he's talking about the gospel of Luke. He's saying that, yo, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to teach and do until the day in which uh, he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Uh, verse three, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. 
Now, there's many preachers that get into uh, numerology in the Bible and the importance of this idea of 40 days. I believe uh, Moses went up to talk with God for 40 days. You know, when he came back, he was quite agitated with the children of Israel and what he found. Uh, I believe during the flood, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. The Lord Jesus Christ fasted for 40 days. And here, after his resurrection, he appeared for 40 days to those who believed on him. There is a significance. I may come back to this and revisit this. But as of right now, I don't want to just say something just for the sake of saying something. I don't have much to say on that point other than to say, yeah, I believe that there is some significance to that of which I don't understand at this point. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, verse four, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which he saith, uh, which saith, which saith he, excuse me, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And of course, we know this was the promise of the Holy Ghost that was received by the uh, by the believers at this time. The apostles and then you know the rest of the believers at this time received the Holy Ghost, and we see that happen many times in the Book of Acts. This is this is what I will say about the about the book of Acts. There are and I, I hope Lord willing to get into this. There are many doctrines that I believe are misunderstood. And I believe there's many verses that are misinterpreted, namely in the book of first Corinthians. But if you will take those things mentioned and then go back to the book of Acts and look at what actually happened. I think that'll give you a better idea of what these different things mean. I'll, I'll say this, and this is going to be a short video. Um, I'm hoping to come back and go over this some more. I just wanted to drop this video, let you know what I'm up to. Um, I may take some, it may be longer, a longer length of time in between videos because I actually want to do a, a pretty in-depth study through the book of Acts, but this is what I was going to say. This is a, a principle that I particularly follow. I can't tell you how to study your Bible and what to do, but there are things in the Bible that are just really clear and repeated many times. If I come across a verse that may be slightly obscure and maybe take a little bit more thought and maybe, mm, I don't know if I understand this. I don't take that verse and then throw away the things in a Bible that are 100% evidently clear. I come to the conclusion that I know what the Bible teaches on this issue. Here's some verses right here that are 100% clear. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. These verses right here obviously are saying something that I don't necessarily understand at this point. So my principle, this is just something I live by. I never take the obscure and throw away the obvious, evident, and the clear. I use the obvious, the evident, and the clear 
to then look at these obscure things and take the whole Bible into account and come to some biblical conclusions. Because I know if I'm reading my Bible and I have to throw away or I have to negate or I have to just completely and utterly avoid verses to explain away something, notice I didn't say explain, but explain away something, then chances are I'm wrong. I'm not speaking in infallibilities. I'm just saying it's a high probability that I'm wrong if if that's the position and the stance I'm taking when trying to explain something from the Bible. And yeah, I've, I've made that mistake numerous times, numerous times. But again, I said all that because the book of Acts is a, a very good launching point to understand some doctrines that I believe people wrestle with. And if you if you really if you really just read through the book of Acts and see the different things that happen in the book of Acts, it'll give you a more complete understanding of some of these things that people wrestle with. But I I, I think in some ways there's this mentality that many people have that verses stand alone in a vacuum. They do not stand alone in a vacuum. These verses are contained within the scope of a complete book. And in the scope of this complete book, there is a complete meaning. And if you strip things away and and take things away without taking the whole context of the entire Bible into account, it's easy to come to false conclusions. And I know because I have definitely done it. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.